0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. Turn that a little bit. Uh, Today is Monday, October 30th, 2023, and our Congregation of Prayer today will finish out in the book of Deuteronomy. You know, we didn't read most of Deuteronomy. That's because it's the law again. That's what its name means in Greek. Um, But we did hit on some of the particular new promises, I would suggest, or at least reiterations of the promise um, throughout Deuteronomy, and we'll do the same today. All right, and then that gets us to the promised land, which we get to enter with Joshua tomorrow. All right, Uh, tomorrow is also Reformation Day, so we'll recognize that here as well in our congregation of prayer. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm for this week is, I would suggest, a Reformation psalm, Psalm 46. Of course, you'll hear uh, this is the basis uh, for Luther's Reformation hymn, A Mighty Fortress is our God. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. is our fortress. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. A very present help in trouble. All right. Oh, that is not our memory verse for the week. I guess I missed one thing there. Uh, there we are, Congregation of Prayer, today, Trinity 21. It's always something, isn't there? There's always something. Our memory verse for this week is from Genesis 3.15, which you, you might already know by heart. This is the uh, Proto-Evangelion, if, you like, uh, if you're like, into Latin. And that uh, is the first gospel. Um, it's actually a curse spoken against the serpent. Uh, but in the midst of that, then, is the promise. All right. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis 3 verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. All right. So again, a curse um, against the serpent of his ultimate destruction. He shall bruise your head, referring to the, the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman. All right. And singular, of course, as Paul reminds us in Galatians, by offspring, he means one. Um, and that is going to be the conclusion of the warfare between um, those who have rebelled against God and the faithful. All right. And to that point, then, our catechism for the week is the Creed. Now, the second article, this is the article in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, excuse me, which you just prayed a few minutes ago. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. All right. For our first reading, we continue along in Galatians, picking up where we left off Friday, Galatians chapter 3 into chapter 4. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Now, if I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So much going on here, right? Um, heirs, inheritance, um, children, receive from their father their good things simply by nature of their um, Identity not by their doing but by their identity right as adopted sons So there's the distinction between the law and the gospel the gospel adopts us as children of God makes us children of God not by our Merit or worth but rather by his gracious giving this is in contrast to the law Which is the uh, guardian or steward that was given until the time appointed uh, by the father to receive adoption as sons right. so that's, um, the, the law serves its purpose until the promise is, comes, and that promise is, of course, the offspring, who is Christ. So law and gospel being a big theme for Reformation Week, of course, has been a big theme in our readings here these last few weeks, too. All right, And they are distinct. Both are given by God, both are good. Um, law is good and wise, but for what purpose, right? To show us our sin, to lead us to faith or to drive us to faith, right? But faith comes not by way of the law, but only by way of the promise, right? Given to Abraham long before the law. This is one of Paul's assertions here in Galatian. The law was given later because of trespasses, even though it had been written on the heart from the from creation. Okay, speaking of the law, we have the lawgiver here dying, right? Uh, Deuteronomy 32 and 34, Then the Lord spoke to Moses that very same day, saying, Go up this mountain of the Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, across from Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend, and be gathered to your people, just as Aaron your brother died on Mount Hor, and was gathered to his people, because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah and Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. Because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel. Yet you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there, into the land which I am giving to the children of Israel. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is a- across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have caused you to see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. So, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, But no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was one hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Since there was not, has not yet arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, or, but since then, in all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, before Pharaoh, before all his servants, in all his land, and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel. All right, since then, there's not been a prophet like this Moses. How true. How true. Okay, so questions. Uh, where did uh, the Lord instruct Moses to go? It says to Mount Nebo, right, uh, in Moab, which is directly across Jericho, so we see a little bit of a, uh, what do you want to say, a foreshadowing of what's to come here. And what would Moses see there, of course? All the land of Canaan, right, which we'll see in a, then in our next part of the reading. While well, Moses on the mountain, as the Lord had already revealed to him, so now he would die, right? And why would Moses see only the, see the land only from a distance? For this, you want to go back to Numbers chapter twenty, which we already read uh, a couple weeks ago. That is uh, where he trespassed against the Lord and um, failed to keep or to hallow God's name in their midst. That is to do what the Lord had said, right? Meribah in, in Kadesh, or Meribah Kadesh, as it's called here, contending in in Kadesh. Right, this is where the Lord instructed Moses to take his staff and speak to the rock. Instead Moses took his staff and struck the rock. All right. Um, was God still faithful? Of course, here, look at verse fifty two. For Moses' sake, he reveals to Moses again that he will keep his promise. He keeps his promise. Maybe not for Moses. Moses will uh, not receive this land as his promised inheritance. Ah, but he does receive another land. We'll get to that. All right, from Nebo. Uh, Moses gives another farewell blessing, by the way, chapter thirty-three. But um, in thirty-four, then Moses is given to see from Nebo all all of Canaan again, the whole land. Um, By the way, this is not the first time, nor uh, you know, mm -hmm, yeah, it's not the first time um, that someone has been given to see the land and yet did not receive it. This is just like what we saw back in Genesis thirteen, right, where God promises Canaan as an inheritance to Abraham. And um, lift up your eyes now and look at the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. All the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and width, for I give it to you. All right, so that's Abraham. Right, of course, Abraham has not yet received it. Now his descendants are numbered like, like the sand, um, and Joshua will lead them in. All right, we see Jericho also known as the land, city of palm trees, right? Um and then emphasized again after seeing the land is verse 4, this is the land I swore to give to Abraham, also to Isaac and to Jacob, right? Israel that is, but Moses would not be given to, to go into it. All right? Then Moses dies. Um and notice he is buried by the Lord. Interesting, right? No one knows his grave to this day in that valley opposite Beth Peor probably revealed in to Joshua, who re- who will record this, or Joshua's scribe, perhaps, adds this on for us after Moses' death. We know that Moses was 120 years old when he died. We know that Moses' life is div- divided into three parts. Hence, the 30 days is to indicate the three parts of Moses' life, each 40 years, the first 40 years, until he flees to Midian um, after uh, killing the Egyptian in defense of his fellow uh, Israelite. Then also his 40 years in Midian as a shepherd, and then his 40 years leading God's people um, from as a shepherd of Israel, right, from e- Egypt to the Promised Land. Um, note that God had preserved his life um, somewhat uniquely here. Verse 7, right? He could see just perfectly well his vigor was diminished, but of course now it's his day. It's Now is the hour of his death, according to the Lord. All right? Um, by the way, those 40 years, 40, 40, 40, we see see that um, re- repeated in the life and ministry of Jesus. So, for example, um, Jesus appears, uh, is brought into the temple for uh, his, well, for his presentation. Um, Luke chapter 2, verse 22, we hear this during Epiphany, that's at 40 days after his birth. Um, in chapter 4 of Luke, we have Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, and then in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, we find out that it was, had been 40 days from his resurrection to his ascension. All right. Uh, they weep for, Mo, um, for Moses' 30 days, and then Joshua, right, it takes over. Joshua is filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses, of course, laid his hands on him, right? Um, but, of course, under the Lord's command here. Who else has the spirit of wisdom? It's always helpful when we think of Joshua. Here, think of Isaiah's prophecy uh, a few hundred years later. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch, well, a thousand years, uh, a branch shall grow out of its roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor. Right, Lovely promise of Jesus, right? But the Spirit of wisdom is also given uh, as part of the characteristics of Jesus. And of course it's not surprising since Joshua means the Lord saves, and Jesus' name also means the Lord saves. Right. Uh, what's unique about Moses here? There's been not been another prophet who has known the Lord face to face. All right, until we look upon um, the one whom we pierced and see see God in human form, flesh. Yeah. All right. And now we have the death of Moses. We're finally go into the promised land. All right, we'll see Joshua do that starting tomorrow. Like Abraham before him, Moses was allowed to gaze upon the land even though he would not physically possess it. Here Moses walked by faith and not by sight. He was called to trust God's faithfulness as he himself faced death. God would keep his promise and bring Israel into Canaan without Moses. He would also bring Moses into the eternal land of rest that he promised to Abraham. Like Abraham, Moses was encouraged to see the things promised and welcome them from a distance. That's Hebrews 11, verse 13. See the things promised and welcome them from a distance. God buried Moses in an unknown place so that Israel would not trust in the tomb of the lawgiver, but in the one who would die and rise again for the salvation of all men. You know that they would go and uh, pay homage to Moses all the time if they knew where he was. Yes, of course. As we do, we always return to the law. And yet, Jesus comes as the very face of the Father that we might gaze upon him and not die but live. He is the one greater than Moses, whose greatest sign is his own death and resurrection to redeem us from the condemnation of the lawgiver. It may seem obvious, but I had this realization this morning that um, Moses did great signs and wonders, right? There is not arisen a pro- in Israel like a prophet like Moses, right, who did the signs and wonders in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh. But remember, all the signs and wonders that he did before Pharaoh brought death and destruction and poverty, right? Whereas Jesus comes and all of his signs and wonders that he does brings life and resurrection and prosperity. Hmm? So greater than Moses? Oh, yes. That would have been a great uh, note to make in the sermon yesterday, but uh, it's a little late for that now. Maybe next time. All right. We have a lovely uh, Reformation-era hymn for us uh, this week, Through Jesus' Blood and Merit. Right, This connects us well with our memory verse and with the themes of the Reformation. So let's sing the hymn.
1: With God, what then can haunt my spirit? How ever dark my road, my courage shall. However no passed nor darkest down have hope of blue nor any creature ever her from the love of god this ransom sin my Savior's blood. This love has its foundation. God hears my faithful prayer and long before
0: Let us pray our collect for the week, Trinity 21. O Lord, keep your household, the church, in continual godliness, that through your protection she may be free from all adversities and devoutly given to serve you in good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have given us your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, to redeem us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, taking all the punishment that we deserved for our sin upon himself. He descended into hell, proclaiming his victory over the devil. And on the third day he rose again from the dead, preaching the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life in his name to the whole world. We give thanks to you for all that the Son has done for us. Help us to know and to believe in Jesus. He has now ascended into heaven and sits at your right hand as our Savior and Lord. All the enemies of sin, death, and hell have been placed under his feet, and he now rules over all things for the sake of his church. Give us fervent faith in Jesus and the blessed hope that he will come again to judge the living and the dead, giving the gift of eternal salvation to all who believe in him. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, One God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving with Dolores, who celebrated uh, her birthday yesterday. Today we celebrate with Randall and Ashley, celebrating their baptism. Pray for all the households of our church, um, but especially Ron and Nancy, Karen, Graydon, Joan, Philip and Julie, and Carol. We pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, surgery today, Christopher, Sophie, Brad and Ron, Doug, Donna, Joan and Sandy, Wendell, Darlene, and President Willie. pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. And we pray for our mission of the month, Orphan Grain Train. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, Monday, October 30th, 2023. It's so good to have you with us here um, to pray and to confess and to sing, to hear our Lord's word, right? And the comfort that he brings. So, um, God be with you all. And I hope you can join us again tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll celebrate the Reformation, uh, the Day of Reformation, which is... Uh, uh, uniquely recognized for the most part amongst Lutherans, although some other um, Reformation-era uh, confessions uh, also recognize tomorrow as well. All right. So, but it's a little bit of a sectarian holiday in the same way that Thanksgiving is. Or I shouldn't say thing. Fourth of July is something that only you know Americans, United States of American citizens, celebrate for the most part. So, also uh, with Reformation, pretty much only um, Lutherans. I would suggest. Um, though the lessons of the Reformation uh, ought to be learned by the whole church. And uh, maybe maybe I'll share a, a special message with you tomorrow about that. Yeah, I have something in mind. All right. Um, and then Wednesday, of course, we have divine service in the evening. Uh, we'll recognize on the day, All Saints Day, which is November 1st, Wednesday. So I hope you can join us for that. And then uh, I'm going to try to announce this throughout the week. Next Sunday, divine service moves to 9.30 on Sunday. All right, so make plans. To adjust your schedule for that. All right. God be with you all. Keep you safe and secure in His providence and His word. See you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting. St. John Random Lake. That's St. John slash support, and give today.